The Eagles took care of business on Sunday, dismantling the Atlanta Falcons 24-15 to start the second half of the season the right way. Now the challenge becomes greater. Sunday's game at Seattle matches the Eagles against a team that is 6-2-1 and playing in the extremely friendly confines of CenturyLink Field. Are the Eagles ready to take that next big step and knock off an elite NFL team on the road? We're going to talk about it on this Eagles Live podcast, episode 47. Hello, everyone. I'm insider Dave Spadaro with the very latest on the Eagles as they prepare for this Week 11 road game at the Seahawks, who are coming off an impressive win at New England last Sunday night. We'll talk about the team's preparations for the game and the very real and for some foreboding experience of playing in one of the world's loudest stadiums. Former Eagles great Mike Quick offers a scouting report on the current Eagles wide receivers and Brian Westbrook talks about the game plan the Eagles might employ to win on Sunday night. Also, we'll spend a moment with Brian Dawkins, who this week advanced to the semifinal round as the field for the 2017 Pro Bowl Hall of Fame class shrinks. Dawkins is eligible for the first time, and he and wide receiver Terrell Owens are former Eagles who have made it to the semifinal round. But we begin in the coaching offices. Head coach Doug Peterson, as usual, is here for an exclusive one-on-one interview. Doug, one of the narratives of the last few weeks here is a young team with a lead in the fourth quarter, unable to close it out. On Sunday against the Falcons, you did that. So what does that mean for the team? It means we're going in the right direction, and it means that guys are really focusing in at the end of the game. They know the importance of how to finish now, and it was just a great way to finish that football game, obviously, and we talk about it every week. Our four-minute offense has to be on point. You know, we got to do the things right, stay in bounds, can't have turnovers, can't have penalties. Sacks are typically okay because the clock continues to run, but I thought we were able to finish this game and do it the right way. Does it make players look at Carson, for example, in a different light after a game like that? I don't think so. I think they still look at him the same. I think one thing that, you know, obviously the run game helped Carson yesterday, and so he was able to make some more plays down the field, and then he had the one big scramble. That was huge for us to pick up a first down there, and you know, I just think that all in all, offensively, collectively, we look at ourselves and, and say, hey, we got the job done. I can't remember the last time the Eagles committed to the run from the start, and you described the offense way back when as the hybrid West Coast offense. This is obviously part of it. When you want to be physical and run it, you can dial it up. Well, going into this game, this was a good defense as well. Eight-man spacing, eight-man box. They were going to make you throw the football. I thought Jeff Stoutland put together a great run game plan against this front, and we executed well. Starts with our offensive line. They did a nice job of just handling their defense. All day long, we played on their side. You get five and a half yards a rush. I mean, 38 rushing attempt. That's pretty good. So, great plan. Ryan, Wendell, Darren ran extremely hard. It was great to see that. Something we got to continue the rest of the year. So, Seattle is Sunday's opponent. They are a championship-caliber team. What makes them so good, Doug? Oh, they're playing well right now, obviously. Their quarterback's playing better. He's healthy. You know, defensively, they're bend, not break, playing sound. They've been together a long time. A lot of those players have been together for a while now. So, same scheme. Again, it's very similar to what we just saw, obviously, with Coach Quinn in Atlanta. And the style's going to be there. Just came off a huge win on the road. So, it's a loud place to play in Seattle. we got to handle that. But uh, another road test. we got to go do our job. So, all week you've been practicing and you've been trying to simulate some of that noise. Is it possible to come close to simulating how loud it gets in that stadium? You can simulate it. It's never probably as loud as you think, especially when you get there and you hear it for the first time and you actually hear the actual crowd noise. You know, the environment makes it even noisier. But, you know, we're going to do everything and have done everything to prepare our team to be able to handle uh, the crowd noise. we got to eliminate some of the false start penalties. Even at home, we've had some. And not only eliminate the false starts, but you have to get off on the snap count because this is one of those defensive lines that can get after you uh, if you're not off on the count. What are your opinions as a former quarterback, a quarterback whisperer, if you will, when you watch Russell Wilson play? I just 
just think, number one, he's a great leader. He's the heart and soul of that team, and he's a very smart kid. Even though people kind of knock him for his size, he has great vision and balls out of his hand fast. He makes plays with his legs. He can extend plays. You saw some plays this past weekend where he was able to elude the rush and still make throws and touchdowns down the field. So he's playing extremely well. Uh, he's protecting the football. He's smart. He's not being overly aggressive. He's just taking what the defense gives you, and he's managing the game that way. Doug, how important is it for you and this football team to get something going on the road? One and four on the road. I mean, we have to take care of business there. If you want to be a postseason team, you know, a lot of times you're playing on the road and, you know, you got to handle your business there. And we haven't done that yet this year. So it's going to be a challenge, but uh, the guys are up to it. Just look forward to the opportunity. Good luck, Doug. Thank you. The noise factor is significant, and it will be a test for rookie quarterback Carson Wentz and the Eagles' offense, which despite doing a lot of good things to beat Atlanta on Sunday, also committed seven penalties, including five false starts. That just can't happen in Seattle. Quarterback's coach John Filippo is helping Wentz and the offense prepare for the cacophony and for the outstanding Seattle defense. John, Carson Wentz is somebody that fans want to know everything about. So what can you tell us what he's like on a day-to-day basis now versus when you first started working with him? Personality-wise, he's the same guy. He's the same guy. I think from a football standpoint, I think he continues to make progress in the protection piece. I think he's continued to make progress in knowing what we're trying to do offensively. And the biggest thing that he has gained experience in, to me, is situational football. Hey, it's third and nine, and we're in field goal range already at the end of the half. Let's get our kicker six yards closer. Just situational football, two-minute drives, those things where we continue to harp on every day with him, and I think he's grown in that fast of the game. Is that unusual for a first-year quarterback? It's not unusual at all. To me, you never have situational football mastered, so you got to continue to harp it, continue to coach it, and talk about situations. When we're sitting here watching tape of the Seattle Seahawks this week, we maybe see a situation in the game that their opponent from a previous game had run, and we talk about that. Hey, what would we do if we're in this situation? So you're always talking those things in the meeting room. How about from a mechanical standpoint, the footwork, the arm slot, all that, the stuff that you work on time. How much progress has he made there? Becoming much more consistent. Becoming much more consistent. And the thing that I like about his footwork is that his base isn't as wide in the pocket. And from an upper body standpoint, his finish has been much better. And I think that's why you know, you're seeing a more accurate deep ball. I think that's why you're seeing a more accurate intermediate ball as well. Have you seen him flustered? No, I have not. Not yet. And I hope to not see him flustered. He's not that really that type of personality to get flustered. I mean, you saw early on the last couple of games, he's made a mistake early and he's bounced back. And, you know, obviously he didn't do that this week. So I think whether he makes a mistake early, whether he makes a mistake late, I think he's a mature young man enough to bounce back and have short-term memory. Seattle has a defense that is second in the league in points allowed. They've got a great reputation. They've got a great home crowd advantage. What kind of challenge will all of that be on Sunday? A great deal. It'll be a great challenge for us. And really looking forward to that. And, you know, that's an environment that we respect a lot, but it's not an environment that we're going to shy away from one bit. We're going up to Seattle to win a football game. That's the mindset we're taking all week, and uh, that's what we plan to do. Thanks, Flip. Thank you. This is a large responsibility for Wentz, who has yet to be rattled in his first NFL season. Even when Wentz has had his down moments, like throwing two interceptions in the first quarter of games against Minnesota and New York, he's kept his composure and gotten his game online quickly. He knows having the offense on the same page in the crazy crowd environment is a must for success. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just you need to communicate a lot. You know, you need to over communicate. I mean, you need to work on hand signals, you know, both with the O-linemen and with the receivers. You know, you got to work through a lot of those things. But those are things we've done already. You know, we've done those in Chicago. We've done those in Washington. Obviously, it'll be louder. um, But at the same time, as long as you kind of have that kind of already set in stone, um, I don't think it should be too big of an effect. You know, we got to be ready for it. That's for sure. I mean, personally, I'm excited for every ball game. You know, I'm excited to travel. Obviously, going to Seattle, it's a new place I haven't been to. But, you know, you hear a lot about this 
Seahawks team in this stadium. So I think it will be a fun one. It'll be a fun atmosphere. It'll be loud, but I think we're all pretty excited about it. Seattle's defense has allowed the second fewest points in the NFL this season, and the Seahawks still have the Legion of Boom and an intimidating secondary, which Wentz certainly respects. They're fast. You know, they're fast. They fly around, you know. Obviously, Richard Sherman is a great lockdown corner. Uh, Earl Thomas, you know, that guy can cover ground. If any of you want to go watch tape, it's impressive. You know, he covers some ground. Chancellor down there in the box, you know, he does some really good things. And they just got a combination of a lot of good guys that, that can make plays, so we got to be really sharp. I think we established the run game early last week. You know, I think that was huge for us, you know, to get the big boys up front going like that, to get Ryan going again. I think it's going to take an effort like that. You know, I think we're going to have to win in the trenches again and um, be sharp in the passing game, take what's there, be smart. You know, we got to protect the football. You know, we got to limit our penalties. I think we still had too many last game um, that we got to clean up. But, you know, we just got to play a very sound football game. I'm safety Chris Maragos. I'm defensive tackle Bo Allen. I'm Eagles linebacker Jordan Hicks, and you're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. These defensive guys, they are all over the field. Tight end Brent Selleck has played in Seattle, one of the handful of players still on this roster since the 2011 season when the Eagles last played there. The noise factor is one the Eagles will have to defeat, and as Selleck says, that's what good teams do. Brent, you've played there. Why is it so tough to play in Seattle? Well, I mean, it's a hostile environment. The sound level is crazy. They built that stadium so that the sound stays in there. And I think anytime you have a loud stadium, communication is a lot tougher. So pre-snap stuff is a big deal. But we'll just have to focus on it a little bit more and be ready. Is it really that much louder than other stadiums that you've encountered? It's pretty loud. When those guys get going, it's really loud. That and domes are super loud usually. Can you replicate it or how close can you come to replicating it during the week? You can replicate it a little bit with noise and whatnot, but I think it's different when it's in the moment and you're inside of a stadium. So So you've got a rookie quarterback who's never been in that environment. What do you look for from Carson? Well, I mean, I think in some of the away stadiums we've played so far, it's been loud. Even when we were in Washington and the crowd was going, it was real loud. So, you know, it's just important that when he's in the huddle to be loud enunciate and you know before the snap just make sure we're all on the same page. Ren, what did the performance offensively on Sunday kind of prove to you about this football team and the ability to take over the game with the running game? Well I mean I think we're a good football team but I think we need to show it week in and week out we need to learn how to finish I think in this game we finished a little bit better and obviously we had a pretty good run game which helped us out but um, that's something we need to do every week. Former Eagles running back Brian Westbrook thinks the Eagles have to be at the top of their game to beat Seattle, and that means getting the running game cranked up as it was last week when the Eagles ran for 208 yards against Atlanta. That is a great place to start. Okay, so Brian is Seattle this week, which is a huge test for the Eagles. You're Doug Peterson. What's your message to this football team? My message is very simple. This is another big test, but we've lived up to test. We've beat 5-0 Minnesota Viking team. We beat a good, very good Atlanta Falcons team, even though they were at home. Home. Now it's a big test because we're going on the road. We want to make sure that we're focused. We want to make sure that we're crossing our I's and dotting our T's. But it's not about them. It's about us. Let's go out there and find a way to dominate those guys in the trenches. And I think we'll win the game if you can do that. I'd like you to give me your scouting report on the Eagles backfield. One by one, Ryan Matthews. I love him. When he's in there and effectively running hard, down here runner, he's not going to dance in the hole. He's a guy that can make guys injured themselves. I mean, he's a guy that wants to run you over every single time he touches the football. I love when he gets 20 or more touches. That means he 
he's going to be a lot more effective. Wendell Smallwood, what you see now, what we may see in the next two years. I'm talking about quickness to the hole, the ability to make guys miss. I mean, he's explosive. He's an explosive player, and that's what you need. You need a guy that can be that kind of a change of pace, but he also can go the distance. Um, I love the way that he's able to control himself as well in the hole. He's reading the offensive lineman's block very well. He's doing a good job. And Kenyon Barner, who brings a lot to this football team in a lot of different ways. I love his ability on special teams. I love his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. I think he still should play a little bit more. Even with the limited amount of times that he's touching the football offensively, he's making an impact on the special team side of the ball. So that's all you can really expect for. Brian, do you have a great appreciation, I'm sure you do, for what Darren Sproles does? And kind of from your perspective, I wonder what it's like to watch him play. It's amazing. I mean, it's actually crazy because I'm watching him play and I'm looking at his numbers and I'm like, he's doing so many good things with limited touches. He's doing so many good things when he's 33 years old. I remember how I felt when I was 30 and I'm watching him do it three years older and I'm just amazed. He continues to dominate games. He continues to get open, especially in the passing game. The little fella continues to amaze me. Key for Sunday, Eagles against Seattle. Ball control, not allowing Seattle to dictate to you. You have to go out there and dictate to them. And I think it starts up front. It starts with the offensive line. And it seemed to me that they came together at the right time last week. And hopefully that'll continue. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. While the running backs have all had their pieces of success this season, the receivers have still been inconsistent. Jordan Matthews is having a fine season. Zach Gertz has come on strong in recent games. The rest of the group, they need to be more productive. Former Eagles wide receiver Mike Quick talks about the group of wide receivers in this week's press coverage. Mike, the Eagles wide receivers obviously being talked about a lot in Philadelphia, struggling for production. Let's first talk about Nelson Aguilar and how he can kind of stabilize things and start to get himself going in the right direction. I think early in the game, you give him just an easy win. One that he can just watch into his hands, catch the ball, and try and explode up the field. Just an easy stop route or just something really simple just to get him going. And when you're in that situation, you feel like you're the GOAT. You drop the ball that should have been caught, that could have made a difference in the game. You really look for that next opportunity to redeem yourself. Why is he struggling so much? I think he's in a hurry. And I think he just needs to calm down. Once he gets the ball in his hands, then I understand the urgency. But prior to getting the ball, to me, he has to get more under control. Control, make sure that he watches the ball into his hands until the ball stops spinning. To me, it's as simple as that. When you're catching a football, you have to watch it into your hands until the ball stops spinning. I guess when the Eagles acquired Doriel Green Beckham, they maybe thought he would be a bit more explosive and more of an integral part of his team's offense, particularly in the red zone. We haven't seen that. Where is this kid in his development? That's the big thing, his development. He just hasn't developed yet as a professional wide receiver. There's a lot of work that needs to be done there on his route running, on his awareness of what's going on on the field, not just his route and his responsibility, but how the other routes complement what he's doing. Because sometimes when the ball is not to him, you don't see the the proper effort of moving guys out of the way so that the play can be made by one of the other receivers. So there are a lot of things that he has to develop. He has to learn before he's really effective at this level. He's got the great body. He's got the great size and he's strong. It takes a whole lot more than that, Dave. How about Jordan and what he's given the Eagles this year? I love what Jordan's doing. Of course, everyone talks about the drop right before the half in last week's game, but Jordan Matthews is a gamer. He plays hard. He works hard every day. And you can count on Jordan Matthews week in and week out to make plays down the field. And and you can see that in the way Carson's always looking for him. He looks to get the ball to Jordan Matthews because he relies on Jordan. He knows that that's one guy that's going to give him every bit of what he has each and every play. Do you feel you have a read on Bryce Treggs? 
I've watched him not just in the games because he's limited there, but in practice watching him run routes and watching. And I think he's ready. I think he's ready not just to try and back off the defense with the deep ball, but running the intermediate routes, running the short routes, even getting involved in the screen game because he's very explosive. And I think with the ball in his hands, even in the screen game, he can do some of the things that Josh Huff was able to do when Josh Huff was here. So I think he's going to start to evolve as a bigger part of the offense as they move forward. Mike, with the limitations that the Eagles clearly have had at the wide receiver positions to still score the amount of points that they've scored, to move the ball the way they've moved it, what can you say about the game plan that Doug and his coaching staff have put together week in, week out? Yeah, that is all about Doug. It's really about his ability to game plan, to take advantage of weaknesses in defense and create matchups. You know, this game is all about matchups. And when you can create and get the right matchups, that will put you in a favorable position. You have to take advantage of those matchups. And that That's what Doug and Frank Wright has been able to do, and they've done it really well throughout the season. Get you excited for when this offense, which is a work in progress from a personnel standpoint, when they get it all where they want it to be, kind of exciting to think what it could be, you know, what this offense ultimately will look like. Yeah, I think the line is rounding out into a good line. Vitae is playing great at the right tackle spot. You're getting some snaps from Wisniewski now. Alan Barber's going to be back. Uh, Jason Peters, he's an old dude, but he is playing great football. You know, Kelsey, when he doesn't have that one technique that's 340 pounds over his head, he plays excellent football. So that part's rounding into shape. The skilled position, there are a couple of guys there that they are short of before they're really an explosive offense that teams really start to worry about. They still need that guy on the outside that really threatens defenses and right now they don't have that thank you mike yep just how good are the seahawks who appear ready to peak with quarterback russell wilson healthy and the offense clicking in every phase seattle head coach pete carroll met the philadelphia media during the week and talked about his team and the matchup against the eagles on sunday this is a really good group. Starts up front for these guys. Very aggressive. Coach Schwartz got these guys humming off the football and vary their stuff. They mix their coverages. It's, it's a really nice group. Yeah, I've watched him a lot. And, uh, you know, we know McLeod from the Ram days, too. He's a fine football player. Really recognized his special talents about covering sideline to sideline. He's a big hitter. Uh, he's an effective tackler. He's going to make a big play. And Malcolm is a really good, versatile player as well. He tackles well and he covers well. And uh, he's a playmaker. Those two guys are really uh, centerpieces, you know, and they're effective football players. We've certainly taken that into account. Stadium and the fans that show up, the 12s that come to our games are just ridiculously avid and loud and you know so loyal it's an incredible environment and there's nothing you can say it's just so loud and they just won't stop getting after it they stand up and they holler the whole time that's just kind of in the nature of this area of the people that that show up it is it's about the noise it's about the level that we play at you know when we're playing for them and it can be a distraction you know and been a good factor over the years so the Eagles are 5-4 and four and trying to find consistency. The Seahawks are looking to do what they have done so well in recent seasons, play their best football, and get into a favorable playoff position. Seems like there's a big, big difference between these teams, right? Not so, says the voice of the Eagles' Merrill Reese in his weekly Merrill Minute here. The Eagles are in the Super Bowl! The Eagles are in It's Groundhog Day! They did it again! They're going to the end zone! I don't believe it! This game... Could be in a museum.
I hope I don't end up eating my words, but a lot of people look at the Seattle game as a tremendous, tremendous challenge for the Eagles. How are they going to beat the Seahawks in Seattle? You know what? When you look at these teams, there really isn't much to separate them. Really, the Eagles can go in there with a lot of confidence, feeling that they belong on the same field with the, quote, mighty Seahawks. Now, the Seahawks are coming off a great win in New England. But look at the records. The Eagles are 5-4. and four. The Seahawks have one more win. They're 6-2-1. and one. The Eagles actually, on the course of the season, they have scored 33 more points than the Seahawks, and they've only given up two more than Seattle. You look at third down efficiency. The Eagles are about 33%. Seattle's 38%. The Eagles have sacked the quarterback in the mid-20s. Seattle's had a couple more sacks. Both have given up 19 sacks. They are very, very even. So I think the Eagles have a lot of momentum coming off the win against the Falcons. And by the way, they're the one common opponent. The Eagles beat the Falcons by a 24 to 15. I think Seattle beat the Falcons of something Something like 26 to 24. So it seems like a very even matchup to me. Let's hunker down and talk X's and O's for this game. What are the specifics to look for? In what areas can the Eagles create favorable matchups against the Seahawks? It's time for our weekly scouting report with Fran Duffy. Thanks, Dave. And today I want to take a look at this Seattle Seahawks offense and some of the challenges that they can present the Eagles defense on Sunday afternoon. We talk about Russell Wilson and everything that they can try and do in the run game. Obviously, you have Jimmy Graham and Doug Baldwin, all the weapons in the receiving core. But you want to take a look at rookie running back C.J. Procise, who now looks to be the starting ball carrier for this team. But he is so much more than a running back. And before I get into what he does so far for Seattle, let's look back at his past. He was ranked as a defensive back coming out of high school. He started nine games in his first three years at Notre Dame as a wide receiver and then because of injuries elsewhere on Notre Dame's roster, he actually slid into the backfield as a running back in the summer of his junior season last year at this time and never looked back. Started nine games last year as a junior, declared for the draft, goes to the combine, he runs 4-4-3 at six foot and a half, 220 pounds. Really an impressive physical specimen. Long legs, really long speed and great quickness in and out of breaks. So now Pete Carroll gets him and all he does is praise the physical marvel that he's got in ProSize with what he can do in the passing game as well as in the running game and they've worked him in gradually throughout his rookie season and now it just came to a head this past week against New England. He led the Seahawks in receiving and in rushing against the Patriots, caught seven passes for 87 yards, was three of three on his third down targets and really what it comes down to is when the Seahawks go into their empty formations, which they like to do, they put Russell Wilson in the shotgun and they spread everybody out. Now when you've got guys like Jimmy Graham and Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse, and if you play nickel, which the Eagles do, the Eagles play more nickel than they do dime, how are you going to match up to a player like Procise when Graham is on the field? Because you would think you would want a safety like Malcolm Jenkins lined up on Jimmy Graham, but that means you're going to have to have a linebacker on CJ Procise. Again, a former wide receiver with great quickness in and out of breaks and the long speed to beat you deep. It's going to be a huge challenge for the Eagles to match up. I can think back to last week against New England. He caught a 36-yard pass over the top of the Patriots defense matched up against a linebacker out of that empty set on third down. It's going to be a huge challenge for Jim Schwartz and the rest of this Eagles defense figure out how they're going to match up not just to Procise, but to Jimmy Graham, Doug Baldwin, and the rest of the Seattle offense.
In his first year of eligibility for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Brian Dawkins has been named one of 26 semifinalists, a list that will be trimmed to 15 finalists in early January. The Hall of Fame Selection Committee will then meet the day before the Super Bowl in February. The class will be enshrined in Canton, Ohio in August, and Dawkins naturally is thrilled to have reached this far. Doc, what does it mean to you to get to this point, semifinal round, first time on the ballot? It's great. It's a blessing. It's a little uncomfortable with all this uh, attention coming back towards me. But um, it's just one of those things that, you know, I never thought about growing up that I would have the opportunity to have my name associated in any way with the Hall of Fame here in the National Football League. But it's a tremendous honor. It's, It's very humbling for me. Very humbling. When you are recognized like this, do you believe it is also recognition for an era of Eagles football that really was very special? Absolutely. And so when this happens, I won't be the only one celebrating. It's going to be a lot of individuals that deserve to have their hand in the celebration, to deserve pats on their backs, to deserve good feelings wherever they are. My teammates, my coaches, um, it's a lot of individuals that helped me get to that point of having the opportunity to play 16 years, to be as effective as I was from coaches holding me accountable, teammates holding me accountable, people teaching me, guys like Troy Vincent teaching me how to be a professional. So it's a lot of individuals that had a hand in this advancement and potentially Hall of Fame. Doc, what was the mindset every time you went on the field? Wow, what was the mindset? Like, they just don't know what's about to happen to them. Not just from a physical standpoint, but just they just don't know what's about to happen. I'm about to do something that they just don't see coming. I know they've practiced some things that they think I'm going to do, but you can't define what I'm about to do to this team. So that was my mindset. Every time I touched that field, it was like it was about dominance. It was about that I'm going to do things in this game to help change the outcome of the game. That I'm going to be a game changer, period. For the most part, I was blessed to be able to do that. Doc, thank you, and we can't wait for another Eagle to get into the Hall of Fame. All right, appreciate it. That will do it for our Eagles Live podcast, episode 47. Thanks to Brian Thomas for putting this all together. Thanks to all of you for joining us each and every week. A big one for the Eagles on Sunday at Seattle. Can the Eagles win, get to 6-4, and and stamp themselves as true, legitimate, no doubt about it, playoff contenders? We'll find out on Sunday. Thanks for joining, everyone. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. E-A-T-L-E-S-E!